from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Thanks so much, everybody, once again for listening to Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Catholic community of South Jersey. I'm Pete Sanchez, staff writer and social media coordinator of the Catholic Star Herald newspaper, and here with Mike Walsh, Director of Communications. Michael, how are you? I'm doing fine, Peter. That's uh, it's so nice to be with you today in the vault. Actually, I guess we'll have to put up a photo of this. Uh, we had some gremlins come in, and they actually cleaned out our vault. So when, when we post photographs of the vault, it'll look far less uh, cluttered and disgusting than usual. So I'm very, very pleased about that today. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm huge, huge thanks to John Kalitz and Maria D'Antonio yeah. for while I was away on uh, a camping trip with my son. Came in here and actually cleared the whole place out. Now, unfortunately, another part of my office is, is a pigsty now, but the the <laughs> vault looks fantastic. So it's excellent. So thank you to them. Well, you need to go back on vacation. So then, when you come back, then the rest of everything will be cleaned out. Then I'm, that other pigsty will. Be- I am completely fine with that concept. You yeah. got it. Maybe that's what you should just keep camping. Keep keep then, going on vacation. I don't know if I'm going to keep camping. I don't think I have the. <laughs> that was that was a lot. I'll tell you all about that later. But we we have a we have a, a, another co-host with us today. Yes, we do. I'm excited. We have Lori Power, Director of Evangelization and Discipleship, at at Atco's Christ the Redeemer Parish. Lori, thanks so much. And my co-host for Talking Saints. Ah, Lori. thanks, Pete. Good to be here today. Uh, could, if I can just interject, you did not introduce her properly. Uh-oh. You should have introduced her as such, uh, the co-host of the award-winning <laughs> Talking Saints podcast, which we can now say uh, without big tongue-in-cheek, because you guys won second place for best podcast program for Talking Saints at the Catholic Press Association Awards uh, uh, that were announced uh, at the end of June, just, wow. just less than a week ago. So congratulations to the two of you for your award-winning podcast program. And not just one podcast, for the for the actual series, you guys won second place. So congratulations. Oh, thank you, Mike. I'm very proud of Thanks, both of Mike. you. It Thanks. clearly must be the intercession of all the saints we talk about. Well, I was going to say it was because you have such an excellent producer, but yes, that oh, as well. Oh, of course, that, that, that too, that, yes. That, nor should you the um, no but seriously I was like I was honestly like like blown away because uh, actually the I will tell you that the Catholic Star Herald our diocesan newspaper and the Diocese of communication uh, Diocese of Camden's communication office actually had a had a great showing at the CPAs um, including our bishop who won third place for best diocesan pastoral message uh, letter for his uh, letter from Bishop Sullivan to the people of the Diocese of Camden regarding the release of the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report that came out in August of last year. And then the Catholic Star Herald won a third place award for best ad copywriting for their Knights of Columbus ad. They won a best single ad originating with the publication Black and White Second Place. These are some technical ones. Um, but for uh, Yasger Eye Associates, then most effective use of small space, a, a third place win for their advertising for the Wedding of the Sea. Then they won uh, best regular column, Culture, the Arts, and Leisure. That's a That was a third place win by... Uh, the great Carl Peters, our managing editor of the newspaper. Best headline, which probably also went to Carl, uh, was an honorable mention for God's thunderous voice in a quiet room. 
Uh, best personality profile. These are another ones that uh, the great uh, Carl uh, Peters gets credit for. Uh, best personality profile for a non-weekly diocesan newspaper, circulation 25,001 or more. He won both for second place for, oh, I'm sorry. I think this one actually went to uh, Mary Beth Peabody for Mr. Bernie. And third place for a, a retrospective on the longtime diocesan CFO. Did, did Carl write that or did you write that? Uh, Carl wrote that, Carl wrote on, that one. on William Murray. Yeah. Then uh, there was a win for best reporting on vocations to the priesthood, religious life, or diaconate for a non-weekly diocesan newspaper of circulation 25,001 or more, which was a second place to the Catholic Star Herald for priestly vocations in challenging times. You and Carl co-wrote that one, right, Pete? We did. All right. So that's another win for Pete. Uh, best photograph portrait uh, was first place for the Catholic Star Herald, and that was Wise Man. That was a, a an unbelievable photograph. It honestly looks like it's a portrait, but it wasn't. It was it was captured in the moment. Uh, it was captured by Alan Dumoff, our freelancer, who is an outstanding photographer. And um, oh man, it's 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 a picture of one of the you know Christmas Wisemen, and or I guess it might have been for the Epiphany actually. And uh, God, it was—it's just gorgeous. Just—I mean, it really—it's against a dark background, and you really see the features and the person's face, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's outstanding. So then, uh, best—he also won for best photograph sports photo, second place. He also got an honorable mention uh, for another one. Uh, this was for state titles, and uh, one that was titled "The Irish Come Up Short." Sorry, Camden Catholic. And then the three awards for the communications department, um, best use of photos in social media. That was This was a first place award for our coverage of the Wedding of the Sea and the Blue Mass. Then uh, best initiative or campaign package was uh, Mary McCusker. McCusker got an honorable mention for uh, her Share the Journey campaign. And then the best podcast program, second place. So I'm proud of all of you guys from the Catholic Star Herald and our communications department. It was great to see everyone get recognized for the, the great work they did so very pleased about that me too i'm i'm pleased that i'm, I'm proud to work for uh, for this organization and the, the team that we have here is second to none in my book and i'm, I'm proud that yeah i mean except for know, those people that got first places over our second places but yes i hear what you're saying <laughs> that's that's right doesn't matter to me <laughs> that's right. yeah. um, but i would please. put i would put our people up against everybody me too i really would and i mean i mean up against america magazine up against Commonweal, up against everyone the the folks we have writing the our photographers our, our designers our graphic folks the only thing that ever limits us is the amount of money we have to spend on a project mm -hmm. some of those bigger publications can throw a lot of money at stuff but us on a shoestring budget, I think we create a lot of really good content. Not this podcast, apparently, which didn't get an award, but uh, the, all the other <laughs> things we create that, that did get awards. So I'm very, very, very pleased about that. That made me very happy. So, Pete, as a, now that I'm done with the kudos for the staff, what do we have coming up? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go back to Miss Power, who has something coming up in Hamilton. Yeah, so this is pretty exciting. Um, July is upon us, so we can always look forward to the Our Lady of Mount Carmel Festival, which runs from July 9th to the 16th. So all are welcome to enjoy the week-long festivities at St. Mary of Mount Carmel Parish, St. Joseph Church in Hamilton, honoring, of course, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel refers to the title given to Mary after she presented the scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel to Carmelite St. Simon Stock on June 16th, 1251. This festival
Festival is the longest running Italian festival in the United States and a Hamilton tradition since 1875. Also of note, Bishop Sullivan will celebrate Mass at 7.30 a.m. and 9 a.m. on the feast day, Tuesday, July 16th at St. Joseph Church. That's right. You get two Masses with That's the Bishop. That's right. Day. It's very exciting. There's Masses all day long, I believe. Yeah, there, the are, there are. There are. There are Masses all day long. I, I think this might be... I don't recall him doing a, a twofer on the... On the for the festival before. So I think that's that's very nice. Exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. So we're happy about that. And it's such a great festival to begin with. Such spectacular food. I mean, just really unbelievably good food. So I hope everybody will, will come out to it. How about you, Pete? What else you got cooking? Well, we got coming up, we got the Summer in the City. Last year, Mike, you and I did that great show where we talked to some youth who were engaged and serviced uh, during the week in August and again it's going to take place August 11th to the 17th and again the Summer of the City program is a service learning week uh, for high school students and every day of the week is spent in direct service with people uh, to to help those on the periphery of society and it's focused on the four pillars of service social justice community and spirituality and also uh, teens learn about Catholic social teaching Catholic social teaching through hands-on activities, community living, and group discussions about poverty. And this is open to teens in grades 9 through 12. This is going to, again, take place Sunday, August 11th through Saturday, August 17th in the Shore, Atlantic County area. For registration or for more information, call Youth Ministries in uh, Camden, 856-583-2908. And that is coming up, Summer of the City, August 11th through the 17th. And, hey, Colin, if, if you if you know anybody who is an exemplary individual who uh, from the five deaneries in this diocese who are engaged in a ministry that sees and respects the God-given dignity of every human person, especially the poor and the vulnerable, uh, why don't you nominate them for the Disciple of Mercy Award that will be honored at Catholic Charity's 16th Annual Justice for All Awards Dinner in Atlantic City this fall, October 3rd. And maybe they'll get picked. Uh, they'll be honored alongside fellow uh, honorees that day, Cardinal Lu- Luis Antonio Tagle, the Archbishop of Manila, and the president of Caritas Internationales. He's a larger-than-life international driving force Justice, compassion, and, and this this thing happens every year. This justice for all dinner. And Mike, you and I have been. I don't know if you've been, Lori. Have you? I have not, but I think I want to go because Cardinal Togli is going to be there. That's yeah. what that we're very much hoping, and a lot of people have that response to yeah. it. But he, he is, in addition to being a great person who's done really Im- impressive work all around the world, particularly, obviously, in Manila, um, he, he's really an engaging speaker. And, yes. um, I mean, I've, I've seen him weep from the pulpit because he was so moved by what he had seen in the world. And it's uh, I'm hoping that uh, the people of South Jersey will really – take the time to, to come out but you know going back to the awards you know I really hope people you know we, we never get 
I, I, I'm sort of tangentially associated with the, the Disciples of Mercy Awards, and the, the one thing that always surprises me is how few nominations we get, because I know how many how much great work is being done in the diocese. So I really hope that our listeners and friends of our listeners who who are, our listeners tell about this um, will will take the time to make a couple of nominations, because I really know there's a lot of great work. As a matter of fact, I, I saw an ad for it. On in the elevator as I was riding the elevator up to the third floor where my office is, and uh, it occurred to me, it's like, you know what, I I I know some people that I need to nominate. So, Pete, do you know some people you need to nominate? I think I could think of a few. You, you think you I could do think know. of a, You should. I think, yeah, particularly for people like us who who travel around the diocese as much as we do, I think we should make some suggestions for nominations. I mean, it's not just enough for us to nominate them that we'll also have to go back and talk to the pastor and make sure that every, you know that he agrees that this is a person who's done really great work. Um, but um, but I, I really do think it's a, a wonderful opportunity uh, opportunity to recognize some folks who don't get recognized. How about you, Lori? Know anybody that would be good to, I'm for nominating? I'm sure nominate? I do. I'm positive you do. <laughs> For that matter, I'm not entirely certain why Lori hasn't been nominated, but oh, maybe we need to work on that too. Pete, you could nominate Lori. That'd be nice. Get her another award this year. It could be oh, the, the year of awards for Lori. Yes. That'd be oh, perfect. Lori, just give Lori all the awards. That's yeah, okay. well, she definitely deserves them. She the, does. Um, but no, no, that's. Uh, I really hope people will uh, will take will make the opportunity. What's the address to, to do that again, Pete? Well, the address is if you. I'm not looking. I don't. You don't see, see the address it. here. Okay. I think it's Camden. Isn't it Catholic Charities Camden, South Jersey dot org? Nope. Catholic Charities Camden NJ dot org. Almost. <laughs> I kind of just want to keep going because I know it'll drive Mr. Hickey nuts. But it's uh, Catholic Charities Camden dot org slash JFA twenty nineteen. Thank you. That's yes. the the landing page, and you'll be able to get to the Disciples of Mercy information from there. Really? Oh, that's because there's a hyperlink in there, isn't it? All there right. is. He's, I he, apologize. Pete's, Pete's reading off of a uh, email that was sent out, so it was I'm, hyperlinked as opposed to putting the URL address. Uh, I'm all. doing this all wrong, as that's, usual. That's right. um, I'm not so, saying that we had to restart the podcast three times, but it's uh, <laughs> it's been one of those days. Yes. So. I think you and I, Mike, I don't know. It's I feel like it's been, been a bit of a... Uh, I was on vacation too last week, and it's you know how it is. It's like the first couple of days coming back. It's like just it's tough. Oh, man. I, I hear you. Like I'm, I've been dragging. I, I, I was had a great week at week with my son at Boy Scout camp. Um, it was uh, it was called it's called Camp Rodney in uh, Maryland in Northeast Maryland. It's right on the Chesapeake, so the humidity was not too high for the entire week, and everybody there was great, and he really enjoyed. Uh, the time there. It was his first sleepaway uh, Cub Scout camp or Boy Scout camp. Actually, Scout camp. It's not no longer Boy Scouting. It's now Scouting because they have girl Scouts. Um, they um, but uh, but it was great. And he did rifle shooting and he uh, did some uh, art stuff and he learned how to, he got his uh, totem chip, which means he's allowed to buy a knife at the uh, camp at the trading post, which he in fact did do the second he got his totem chip. Um, and uh, yeah, he did. He got to he got a, he he earned his swimming badge. He earned his nature badge. So it was good. Good experience for him, and he got to sleep in a tent for five days. And he had a blast with his friends, and uh, he ate camp food. And it, that was the it, was, it wasn't like it wasn't like we were cooking around the the, the fire pit. It was actually there was a dining hall, so and mm. and there were camp songs, and you would all come together. I've I only got to do that once when I was a wee blow, and I have almost no recollection of any of it. 
but my niece and nephews all went to sleepaway camp ever since they were probably 10 and they would come back with these incredible stories of what it was. And now I have an, an appreciation for it because it was exactly how they described it to me, even though it wasn't, they weren't going to a scouting camp. But uh, the only downside was uh, not downside. I guess it was a good thing. Um, the camp is huge. So Jack was in the Brown sea program and because that's sort of like the beginner program, myself and some of the scout leaders would go with the kids with them to their classes just so they get lost or anything like that. Well, everything was a mile away from everything else. So I, <laughs> I, some exercise. I did. I averaged 11 <laughs> miles a day the entire time I was away wow. and very hilly. So, you know, you joke around, oh, uphill both ways. It actually was uphill both ways. You would go up this big hill, then into a valley, and then up another big hill to get to where his classes were. But we had great weather, and it was a great experience. He had an epic bike crash while he was there, but uh, scuffed up his face and his hands and everything. He got bitten by about a 1,000 bug bites and then had a tree branch fall on his head. But aside from all of those things, <laughs> oh, he, had he a, still had a good time. He had a great time. Yeah, it was yeah. really wonderful. Uh, he's quite resilient, this kid. So That's good. He had a, he Were you good... there as a leader, or did all parents come? No, or... uh, Jack just said, hey, Dad, you want to come? Because um, nice. I usually do the sporting stuff, and Jennifer, right. does, my wife, does the, uh, the scout stuff. And this time he's like, hey, dad, you want to come? And, you know, what do you, your dad, your son says to you, hey, dad, you want to? I'm like, yes, son, I do want to. I don't, but I will. Um, good but, dad. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was, it was a really good experience and the food was great. And I swear I lost five pounds. I really did. Um, and then I, Jack's uh, 11th birthday party was Sunday. And I'm pretty sure I put all five pounds back on at the birthday party. But uh, no, it was a great experience. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. How about you, Pete? Oh, did you enjoy your time down in LBI? I did. I did. It was very nice. I uh, ate some chowder, sat on the beach, did some reading, uh, hung out with family. Uh, just beautiful weather. Beautiful weather on Long Beach Island. Uh, what did you read? The Count of Monte Cristo Ooh. by Alexander Dumas. I like I that book a lot. Oh, really? You... Mm-hmm. I've read it. Yeah. I also like the movie. The movie. I've seen the movie with Jesus. Jim Caviezel. Right. Um, oh, you saw the older be... movie? You didn't see the, the one from the 50s? Oh, you no, see the one from the no, 50s. The one from I, the 50s oh, is great. I, did, I have to see that. Then. Yeah. I'll read really the good. book. It, it, I mean, I'll finish the book. Uh, it was funny. Yeah, I was talking to my cousin on the beach, and he was he read, he read was reading The Count of Monte Cristo, and uh, his sister was reading it as well. And I was like, huh. So they have a great local, they have, it's called the LBI Book Swap, and uh, I picked up the book there. Uh, used and it was it's it's awesome like we the three of us were talking about it all week did you did it make you want to go out and buy a sword <laughs> not yet not yet i haven't gotten into did that it, part did it make yet. you want to become a political prisoner or escape Maybe, something yeah well now i know how to escape i just have to <laughs> basically have to persist for like 12 years to dig through mm-hmm. you know if i wanted to dig out of the vault probably won't get out of, you know if i was locked know, in this that's vault, a good question I won't get out of here till I'm 50, probably. Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just cinder block. I think you might be able to do it. Maria um, might let you out. I mean, she'll be here next week. <laughs> Maria, so. Maria would. She might let you out. Yes. <laughs> so, no, I, 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 the time and then otherwise just relaxed. Uh, and I was very pleased. I walked around a beautiful place called Bay Village, and they have a lot of different shops. That's where the bookstore was. I found two interesting shops right next to each other. One of them was a jerky shop where they had, I didn't get the jerky. They had like alligator jerky, 
rabbit jerky, uh, ostrich jerky, you know, beef jerky, of course. But it you didn't get weird. any? No, I didn't. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I just... Are you, I, do you not like dried meats? No, I do. I do. I just didn't, didn't have the opportunity to get any. But it was curious. I mean, I've never really seen a jerky shop before, and I would not think the beach would be the place that, for it. I will agree with you. That does seem surprising that there would be a jerky shop at the beach. But I've, no, I've seen a lot of jerky shops. They're, 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 like, they're like a small town. It's a very hipstery thing to have nowadays. Yeah, and they were new. And then the other place, which I was very happy to see, they had another, uh, another shop that had empanadas and flan. Mm. Flan is a uh, Spanish dessert. It's like a custard. It is amazing. So I got, I did get some flan and bring it back. It's funny to hear you say that. I, I love custards. I've never liked flan. I couldn't tell you why. I think it's because of the 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 caramel sauce they put on it. Like I think it creates like a, a taste scenario that my mouth just does not like. Oh. But yeah. otherwise, yeah. I think maybe just my grandmother would Did you try the flan while you were there? I did. Okay. So you didn't have the jerky, but you had some flan. I did, and I made the right choice. (laughs) I'll take flan over jerky. I disagree, man. I would have gone with jerky for several reasons, not the least of which is the jerky, is, believe it or not, might be the healthier option. No, no, I believe you. I Mm -hmm. believe you. But it was vacation, so I'm like, No one thinks healthy while they're on vacation. No, but then, I mean, and then the... uh, it was what was nice. I did get some walking in because they had about ten blocks from here to where we all get beach houses. My family and I along the same stretch, kind of. So this year, my parents' house was on eighty fifth, and my family, and then the but we'd go to seventy fifth. So it was walking ten blocks every day and back, and then of course for dinner we would walk to every house. So it just and the weather, the water was probably the warmest I've ever seen it. Um, and Lori, have you taken any vacation? I was not on vacation, but I was away last week too, um, taking a course in Denver at the Augustine Institute. Really? Yes. That is exciting. It was exciting because, um, two of my favorite Catholic scripture scholars taught the class. Um, Dr. Brant Petrie, who is the author of Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Jewish Roots of Mary, pretty well known. And then Dr. Michael Barber, who just wrote a book on the what Catholics should know about salvation. And they are so excited about scripture. It's delightful to study with them. So Wow, that's really nice. It was fun. Yeah. What, uh, what was the inspiration for going out there? I'm doing a master's degree through their distance ed program. Really? And they do week-long summer intensives, so you can go out and actually meet the professors and that's really, be is, in the classroom. Is, will this be your first master's? Mm-hmm. Wow. For yes. some reason, I always just assumed you had a master's, come <laughs> well, to think of it. Thank you, but no. <laughs> wow, okay. So, what's the course? What's the, what's the master's? Uh, theology, theology, but my focus is scripture. So, wow. Yeah. So distance learning, except yes. for where you get the opportunity to actually go to out to go there. out yeah that is really cool what's the name of the university augustine institute augustine institute yes. wow so how was how was denver i've uh, i've spent all of an hour in their airport really yeah it's, I, oh, it's beautiful you should leave the the airport i though. really would like to <laughs> <laughs> um it's it feels kind of like here except you feel closer to the sky and you can see mountains wherever you are so yeah. <laughs> did you and I did, I think I did encounter one or two people who were high because it is legal to you smoke weed out there. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Georgia's a very friendly area now. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Did you get altitude sickness at all? I 
didn't. I, don't th- I mean, I oh, got sick good. otherwise, but it, I don't think it was from out. I know. I think it was just from being on the plane and not sleeping enough yeah. and yeah, catching stuff. But oh. it was still an enjoyable time. I did an Airbnb. I wow. toured a car. Like, it was wow. all. You were yeah. full hipster. <laughs> That's I like right. it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. The, um, so I'm, what was the what was the actual time in class like? Um, it was interesting. So we were there eight fifteen to five o'clock every day with a little lunch break and mm-hmm. some breaks in between. Um, but they go full on into we we're only studying the Catholic epistles, so that's only seven mm-hmm. letters. <laughs> and we spent five days going deep into seven letters because there's wow. a lot of there's a bit of controversy about. Did James actually write James? Did Peter actually write Peter? And a lot of modern scholars would say no, and they were presenting both sides of the argument. Mm. And, uh, which, yeah, at we, the end of that week, which which side did you fall on? Uh, that those who are named as the authors are the are actual they, are authors. The I think authors. we can trust that. I had yes. a feeling you were going to go that route. <laughs> That's okay. But there's a lot of people that don't, and a lot of uh, scripture scholars that lose their faith. It's really sad. We read a book for the class called Forged. Um, it's a New York Times bestseller, and the author is a bestselling author. He's a scripture scholar, I think, at uh, UNC. And he's arguing that most of the letters in the New Testament are forgeries. So they were written by someone other than the author that is named. That, um, and he is actually uh, now an atheist, so that's sort of where that leads when you go down that path, true. <laughs> unfortunately. I don't know if I would call that a forgery, though. Well, he's saying people who did not write it passed it off as, so someone who was not Peter passed it off as Peter's writing. And he's saying that would be forgery, was, and it was looked down upon at that time, and it and it was a lie, and, and so that puts us in a very interesting position hmm. <laughs> if... Peter not didn't write be- Peter. <laughs> I often have to remind people that I am not a theologian, even though mm. I work for the Catholic Church. So I don't know what the hell I go, what the heck I'm talking about. Um, but um, but uh, like I don't know if I would classify it as forgery. Well, he's trying forgery. to sell books, Mike. So that's why he well, called it forged, that's and that people point. be like, "Oh, what is this?" It's, he writes very point. provocative um, books, sure, typically. Which- Okay. But we had to read it because they wanted us to see, like, this is sort of the state of scholarship in, in terms of uh, scripture right now. Yeah. And there are a lot of unbelieving scholars, and this is what we have to be able to address, you know? That's a good... So, that, that is fascinating. And we want to pray for these people because, yeah, it's for very easy for them to lose their faith or for their conversion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what, what was the... Was that the most fascinating thing you learned at the conference? Or? So... Something else, James is an interesting figure because there are so many Jameses in scripture trying to figure out like, well, which James wrote this letter? So that was a whole, you know, like sort of hour long (laughs) discussion and and lecture on, well, how do we know and who is it? And so uh, Dr. Barber believes that the author of James is indeed James, the brother of the Lord, who is not the blood brother of the Lord. (laughs) So we had to go into that whole conversation, who yeah. <laughs> is actually probably a cousin. Um, and that James is most likely also James, the son of Alphaeus, one of the apostles. So wow. it's fascinating, yes. But there's a whole long explanation as to why he came to that conclusion, which maybe another day we could talk about. See, so like, <laughs> this this is what makes me miss academia. It really yeah. does. Because when I went back for my master's, granted, and nothing as interesting as theology, but um, I loved being able to go into the minutia and really mm-hmm. break down some of these ideas because it's fascinating. It's, it's true. It's it's one of the reasons why I read a lot of astrophysics books is because I didn't take any science really in college, and I but I love it. And I've always kind of regretted it, so I do a deep dive into this stuff, and I kind of have a better appreciation for everything. And then um, and then I do a um, 
so like this this uh, so I was on my camping trip, right? I brought right. three books with me. Okay. One was a book on astrophysics. One was a book on um one was a book on uh one was a graphic novel called V for Vendetta <laughs> and one was a book called uh, Confessions by St. Augustine. Yes. Now, a guest just walked in the door that I've asked to have her sit with us. So I'm not going to answer this. I'm going to tell you which one I read until I set up her mic. So hold on for a second. All right. We're all set up. So the um, our guest has joined us, which is who is uh, Donna Ottaviano Britt. I never get her th- all three names in it the right order. It sounds like he doesn't know me when he's <laughs> no, it's me. because he's I have, about it. I am <laughs> so bad with names that I will, I will even if it's a person I've spent intimate time with for the last eighteen months, I will say to myself, "Hey, what's the order of her names again?" I can't remember. So anyway, hey Donna, what's going on? Hey Mike, how are you? I am delightful. Thank you for for popping in and and sitting with us. So the answer to the the question that I asked earlier, because I I posted something on social media and Donna was the only one who responded and said, oh, I didn't see it. You should you should read um you should read uh, uh, Confessions. Confessions by Saint Augustine, yeah. and I will be I will say that I opened it up. I read the first paragraph, said, oh, yeah, this is really hard to read, and went back and read V for Vendetta. I have Vendetta to say, I agree, said, I agree with you was, there, Mike. It, it's, <laughs> I, I, was, I read the book jacket. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what this is all about. Okay, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then I got a paragraph in, and I was like, that's oh, too hot. I'm just going to read the, the graphic novel, which I had never read before. And it's about halfway through the graphic novel. But I'd seen the movie a lot of times. So I am sorry to disappoint you, Donna, but I, mm-hmm. I couldn't bring myself to read Confessions again. There's still time for you, Mike. There is. I, well, I also haven't read that other book you made me read. You were trying to get me to read that, uh, the one from Chris Lowney. Everyone leads. Everyone leads. Every Catholic yes. leader should yes. read. I, I really should, but I like to follow. I like to lead in my own way. I don't want to lead the way Chris Lowney leads. I'm going to lead the way I lead. But um, let the other Chris, let the it other leaders. It a bit to be designed, letters. actually, Mike. <laughs> me leading my own yes. way? Yes, it does. It really true. You're very true. <laughs> So um, so anyway, we're, this is you've joined our podcast. I will tell you that we have no particular plan for this podcast today. This is our typical. It's a holiday week. We don't know what we're doing. We're not going to force someone to come in last minute. So we figured we'll just grab some folks. Uh, Lori, did was, you get grabbed, Lori? Well, I was coming to do she, it. Talking Saints as well. Yes, uh, excuse me. That's an award winning, award winning t- Talking Saints, Saints podcast. Yes. Don't forget. Did you hear about that? No. Yes, uh, the Catholic Press Association oh. uh, bestowed their second place award of best podcast on Talking Saints. That's so nice. you're you're sitting in front of two award winning podcasters with famous award recipients. Yes, I'm wow. honored. Yes, I mean That's you know great. America Magazine was I think America Magazine actually won for best podcast if I'm not mistaken for Jesuitical maybe I'll have to go back and look. But uh, yes, you are they are in great company. That's outstanding. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Have you won any awards lately, Donna? None that I would okay. show here. All right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so what are you doing like, up? This is just your Tuesday in the office before Tuesday in the July? office, yes. Okay. I'm here for a couple of touch points, and then I have a meeting at Christ the King this afternoon, and then I am uh, talking to some delegates later this evening um, over dinner, uh, particularly our, our uh, delegates who are converts. Ooh, we have much really? to learn from them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. So they have very important day jobs. So this is when I get a chance to go meet with them. So over dinner. But you get to That's wake good. up later in the morning though, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm Mike. sorry to hear that. That does not happen. No. Missionary discipleship is going on all the time. <laughs> it's good to hear. <laughs> you have, it sounds like you have a sturdy car. 
to all those miles from Ocean City. <laughs> it's a sturdy car, that's for sure. It's certainly getting a workout here in the Diocese of Campton, I must say. Yeah, yeah we need to get our diocese. company car, Mike. You have those here? Shut up, Pete. I was unaware. <laughs> the, uh, I'm not to talk to Father Hughes about that. Yeah, I was going to say, go yeah. talk to the Vicar General. See, yeah. see if he can get one of those for you. I think we do have a deal with Holman Automotive, as a matter really? of fact. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. See Good if we get you in the fleet. The, uh, but anyway, uh, Lori was just uh, impressing us. Uh, she's in a master's program. She was in Denver last week where she uh, got to do really cool stuff and talk to cool people and learn stuff. I was I was <laughs> sitting stuff. I was sitting That's here right. going, man. Well, Imagine I was just that might learn something. Well, think about it. I mean, when was the last time you were in a college class? Donna. College class? No, it's been. I take online classes, but they're all. It's not a matriculated program, yeah. so I take classes. I take a lot of religious classes that interest me. Yeah, well, you know, it's nothing in a degree program like Lori's doing. Yeah, but she, she had lunch with Lori last week. <laughs> oh, so and you went Brenda all this Quinn, stuff. Uh, so okay. I knew a little bit about this. Okay, fine. Yes. Were you impressed with it when she first told you? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, How go. are you not impressed with Lori? I was Power? blown away. I'm <laughs> right. always impressed by Lori Bauer. <laughs> right? That's Same. that's why full she, of surprises. She, yeah, yeah, I know. That's like she's my favorite co-host of all of our stuff. Same. It's it's her. Don't tell Father Rob. Don't worry, he's third. It's okay. Pete's still pulling the award-winning Pete Sanchez is still fourth, but he is an award-winning Pete Sanchez. The um, but no, but I, I I honestly just to go back to what we were talking about, I am so impressed when people go back to get uh, you know another degree and stuff like that. And I'm very jealous. It's like I keep flirting with the idea of going back and getting my doctorate. Um, in actually, I was kind of thinking about public policy. I know I can't wade into the theology world, so why try? I'm, I'm oh, surrounded. Come on, Mike. Well, here's, you here's could what do it. we would pray for you, Mike. Yes. I'm sh- I, well, I would appreciate your prayers anyway. But the um, the you know the, what I came to realize is the Catholic Church doesn't need another theologian of my poor ilk. We are surrounded by really great. Uh, theological minds like I'm like everyone that I work in this building with is, a, is is far superior to me in their formation and their understanding of the Catholic faith and religion in general and even other faiths um, so why I, I I know my lane I'm gonna stay in my lane <laughs> I am a I am a useful tool so let me go find let me get a doctorate in something that will be a useful tool for the for the diocese so you great theologians that I'm with right now don't have to do you any can, of this you can still be a wholly useful tool that's what we want for well, you, I want to be a wholly useful tool, but I will rely on you guys to be the (laughs) academics and the theologians. Yes. Like I said, the last time Donna was on, I was sitting there in awe because, you know, Pete and I are talking. We're just sort of like making this stuff up as we go along. And then you hear you and Donna talk and I go, oh, God, I'm in a different league. They are. (laughs) You're just in a different lane. I am in a different lane, but I'm also in the minors when it comes to stuff. And you guys are playing with, you know, in the majors, that's 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 great. I, think I do wonderful. believe I sent Mike an email yesterday. I sent him two different things yesterday for him to review for me, looking for his expertise. You know, as the oh head God, of communications, they were, <laughs> they were not terrible. But I was looking for someone to look at these two things that you know one one I had written. I was looking for him to edit, and then he sends me back. You know, like all kinds of like critique. I'm like, I didn't want the critique. I just wanted you to edit. There's a reason you have your job and I have mine. Yes, So just do true. your job, Mike. Except, except I'm not your personal editor. <laughs> it's like I, well, there's, gonna go out I got a lot of theologians I got to deal with. I, I try to make people <laughs> self-sufficient so that I, I rise them up so they can do the work yes. themselves. I only edited, wait, which thing did I give you a ton of critique well, on? Well, the, the, the document, that the communication that I yesterday around the holy hours. Yeah, I just told you stop being so superfluous with your words. Yeah, you don't he, have to use all the he words. Told me, I, here's the quote. <laughs> I defluffed it a lot. Oh. 
That wasn't a critique. That was just letting you know before you opened it up so you wouldn't be shocked. I wasn't. It was okay. fine. You made it better. I know, because yeah. I'm good at this. You made it better. But uh, but you so know what? The... We want to invite people to these holy hours, right? Yes, we do. There we go. Yep. Nice segue. Yeah. I do. do I have to go? <laughs> It would be helpful if you showed up at the holy hour that's actually in your, in your deanery. deanery. Yeah. yeah that it, uh, it's the one at Incarnation, right? Are you Deanery 3? Yeah. Yes. I don't want to go. The, um, I don't want to go. <laughs> Jesus will be thrilled. You won't care to sit in front of him for a few minutes, Mike. I, you know, actually, maybe that maybe that was actually an error in the uh, thing we wrote. I was under the impression it was for the convocation delegates. Uh, or the leaders. Did you edit out my sentence that says, please invite someone to come with you? Take yeah, it as an opportunity no, to come and see. Nobody invited, man. You don't count. Yeah, well. Lori You're invited. There you go. Lori. Lori's right, invited. See, Lori's at it. You Why'd you guys invite Pete? Pete, Pete. Pete. Well, you can come to. invited places. Pete, Where's, come to Holy Hour. Where's this? We have five of them scheduled. The first one is starts on July 24th at St. Gianna. Oh, I don't have them all right. committed to memory. We have to look at the communication, but we're doing a Holy Hour. We're asking all delegates to come back together. By deanery, we figured we would make it easier. Uh, but we want you to bring people with you. Bring people okay. from your parish, bring your friends. Like it's an opportunity so for us to pray together because if we're not praying, if we're not on our knees around this work around missionary discipleship, it won't happen, right? Yeah. In order for the work to be fruitful, we must continue to pray. So if we pray together, so we've um, uh, worked out a church in ballpark in the middle of each deanery and for an hour of praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and then followed by fellowship afterward. So we continue to build our community across the diocese. See, what, she, what she lacks in the ability to write, she makes up for an oration. She's oh, so good at it. I wish indeed. it was that. You were just trying so to give me superior. a compliment because you insulted the bejeebers out of me yesterday. <laughs> I, I prefer oh. to think of that as a backhanded compliment. <laughs> Thank you very much. The, okay. uh, but no, it's true. So are you going to go to Lori? Of course. Of course you would, because you're a good what person time? that way. What time is that going to They're be? all between the evening, 6 right? and 7 or 6.30 and 7.30. Uh, St. John is because they do a Wednesday night holy hour anyway. We didn't ask them to extend, so we'll take that back hour, 6 to 7. But then all of us get a chance to go in the parish hall and talk. Somebody will probably give their witness, their, give their testimony there. You know, and give us a chance to get to know each other. It's more Michael around. Michael just the, rolled his eyes. What was that about, Mike? <laughs> you know, sometimes maybe Mike can give his witness That'd at be incarnation. Great. One day. But I don't know. Do I have a witness? I don't know if I have a witness. My witness. Everybody has a witness. No, my witness is always in the is my is my how impressed I am with the people who actually have. A calling and skill, and are, you you can tell just by their nature they're touched by the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean this to be like priests and deacons. I mean common people. We were just talking about our friends the Quesos recently uh, before we we started the podcast, uh, Lisa and Karen Queso, and uh, who we've had on the podcast before, and how much they just uh, amaze me in not only the depth of their knowledge, but the the goodness of their heart and and their dedication to their Catholic faith and. You know, we were kind of talking about some of the different uh, curves their lives have taken, and uh, uh, Lori reminded me that uh, that you know the one thing we could be absolutely certain of is, assuming you think of heaven this way, they are going to have a mansion in heaven because they are so <laughs> deserving. Of yep. I will be in a little shack down by the river, or You'll be looking, lucky you have that, Mike. I, I was about to say, or I will be looking up, um, and uh, and they will be uh, you know truly uh, embraced by God. God may make you build your own house by the time you arrive. Hey, I've built my own house before. I'll build it again. That's fine. I'm fine with that. The I'm <laughs> like God I said, useful tool. That's useful what I am. I'm a useful tool. Okay. I, that, you know, it's funny. 
Um, although this is what happens every time Lori is on the program. We don't let Lori talk enough. But that being said, <laughs> Mike talks too I'm much. St- well, no, she inspires me. That's the thing is I, I don't talk about myself on the like. Typically, do we do a lot of do Pete and I do a lot of talking on the podcast? It's usually we let the guests do it. It's true. But we in a, when we have this kind of podcast, Pete and I get a little more loqu- Well, I get a little more loquacious. Um, but we were we were at the. We were on the camping trip this past week, and my wife, God bless her, had warned them all that I'm an introvert and probably wouldn't do a lot of talking, and uh, didn't. And um, they, but that, but as I got more comfortable, I I got a little chattier, and they were saying uh, they said something like, uh, "Hey, Mike, uh, you know, it's like working for the Catholic Church and stuff like that." And I kind of gave them my useful tool thing, and they said, "Well, you want to say do the prayer for like for the thing for I don't know, we we're having some meal." And I said, "Nope." I said, "I got I was in a room full of five priests about two weeks ago." And uh, I was for a meeting, and they asked me to start the meeting with a prayer, and I said, "No." <laughs> I said, listen, guys, that is your lane. I am not getting in that lane. I couldn't do it. If you asked me to say the Hail Mary right now, I probably would butcher it because I, I, I can't retain prayers. I can't retain anything, but I particularly can't retain prayers. But it's I, I feel it feels when I do it, I always feel like I'm trying to get the job done rather than authentically praying with people. And maybe I should have taken one of those prayer workshops while I was at the convocation. Didn't we have probably a- would have helped you. Yeah. And what's your Thomas Merton prayer? I can't remember. That's the problem. That's why I have it on my desk so I can read it. Don't I can't you know that by heart. No, I don't know. I I'm not kidding. I don't know the Our Father by. I mean, I know the Our Father, but I can't. Re- if you asked me, if you held a gun to my head right now, I would not be able to to finish it. Because we're looking at you. Well, that's always disconcerting. I will admit that. I don't know, Lori. I mean, you work with people all the time, and you're you're an educator, Catholic educator. Sure. How and do you, you get- just pray from your heart, Mike? Yeah. Dear Lord, bless this food. That's all we need. That's Sarca- all they want to hear. Sarcasm doesn't usually translate well to No, no, what I'm saying is sarcasm doesn't usually translate to prayers. I have three oh, I have I three modes. Okay. Sarcasm, insult, and work. That's all I got. Oh. That's why I'm, we need to add a I'm mode fully familiar with all three. three. Yeah. Oh Donna is very familiar with all three. She loves all right, three. Pete? Too. That's true. Pete, you're more familiar than we are. No comment. <laughs> Smart man. No, I don't attack it. Yeah, I do. Anyway. So anyway, there you go. So going back to like educating ourselves, what are some of the resources you use to, because I mean, I was actually talking to our boss, uh, Father Hughes, the Vicar General, about my amazement with you recently. And uh, I said one of the things that truly impressed me about you uh, was the fact that your, your, your formation is so tight. I mean, it's really, really good. And your ability to to extract from what you've learned and then tra- and then communicate it to other people is outstanding. So I'm, I'm just curious, like what, I mean, you talked about some online courses you take, but I mean, can you rattle off some of the things you've taken in the past? I've taken a number of courses in Ignatian spirituality, right? So Pete and I, we've talked about that because that's my particular bent, right? My husband and I, that's kind of, I love the whole idea that he's a, he's a soldier. So he's all about strategy and execution. Mm-hmm. The Carmelites I find are a little bit challenging, like all the houses and the mansions and the dark night of the soul and all of those things I find a little bit more complicated. Um, but I love everything about Ignatius because it's, you know, there's a plan and then you execute the plan, you know, mm-hmm. so around your spirituality, particularly discernment of spirits. Is it the good spirit or is it the evil spirit who's after you? And Ignatius has rules for depending on what's going on. And I'm like, I'm good with that, right? It's kind of like having, he's a tactician. Mm-hmm. Right, because he was a soldier uh, and leading others. So that I, I particularly like. So I've taken a lot of those. I have read a ton. But the most important thing I ever did 
was ask Jesus to make me holy in whatever form or shape that that would take. So there's a story that I will tell about myself is back in 2013, being in a period of spiritual desolation, not knowing that that's what it was at the time. I didn't come to know the term spiritual desolation for a couple years after that. But really thinking like, what is wrong with me? I don't feel connected to anyone. God felt very far. Um, So I actually spent some time on Ash Wednesday. I went early to church and it in the kneeler saying, okay, I have no idea what's wrong with me, but I feel disconnected from everyone, even the people that I love. So anybody here ever guilty of bossing God around telling him how to do his job? Nope. That was me. I said, please fix me. So here's what I want. I want you to make me fall madly in love with you because I've met those people and I want what they have. If you do that for me, I will follow wherever you lead. Oh, and here I am working with the diocese of Canton. Wow. No, See, no. I, I stick with Oliver Wilde in those moments where it's like, uh, when the gods wish to punish us, they answer our prayers. Mm. No. Mm. I'm, Removing the sacrilege from the statement, of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm curious, Donna, you mentioned the books on uh, that you've read. Uh, I'm assuming that you mean on Ignatian spirituality? So I've read a number of books by the Jesuits, and I've read you know, Ignatius's, writing, Ignatius's writings himself. Um, and, but really, the best person in the modern world that teaches Ignatian spirituality is Father Timothy Gallagher. Anything you read by Timothy Gallagher will get you on the road to this. Timothy Gallagher, I have every one of his books. He just published two ones, two new ones. I'll have to order those. Every other book is in my house. He's a fantastic teacher. He's got CDs, DVDs. You can watch him. You can download the the documents that go with the classes that he teaches he is hands down he's the best he's an oblate of the virgin mary and that's their charism is ignatian spirituality so i've learned a great deal from listening to him wow okay yeah what about you Lori? i mean before you started taking your college classes and getting all academic like what were you what would you what were your resources Let's see. Probably scripture is where I would start. And really? really? Yeah. Like you really went back to pray to... with scripture and sort of reading. What, what does that mean? Basically... Learning to pray with scripture. Oh, ooh, like Lexio Divina. Are you familiar? I don't oh, even. I don't Michael, speak Latin. On top to... of everything else, I don't speak Latin. <laughs> so it's sort of an ancient prayer form, but is uh, really uh, Pope Benedict XVI really brought it again to the fore because he mm-hmm. is a scripture scholar. Um, it's really just taking a passage of scripture, reading it, um, sort of talking to the Lord about it, sitting with that, and then reflecting on what He might want you to do um, by what He was telling you through the scripture. Wow! So yeah, it's pretty powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. So I usually just read whatever the scripture of the, the gospel of the day is. And so I'm sort of with the church as well. And then you're more prepared if you go to daily mass. You know, oh, okay. Yes. I know this reading. I've, yeah. I've heard it before. They so. have those every day? Every day. Wow. Even like right right across the street you could what? go. Really? At 12.05 there's, today. At the cathedral. <laughs> there's a cathedral right across the street. Oh 12.05, Mike. <laughs> sorry. sorry. We're I feel like I should have known there. this stuff We're before. We're going to drag you there, Mike. <laughs> I go when the bishops are. Ah, yeah, um, Mike, it's in Spanish well, and uh, English. Uh, oh, <clears> Both okay. bilingual. So. I can. Okay. Well, there you go. No, I love I love that, and I do not take advantage of it nearly enough. And well, we once again, I'm a terrible Catholic, the, um, <laughs> yeah. but one who wants to be better. I, I desire to be much like Augustine. I desire to be to be better, but, but just not yet. But just, no, what he said, no, just not right. yet. Yeah, well, I, that was in chastity, my, but yeah. in my thirties, <laughs> well, maybe my twenties. In my twenties, <laughs> it was just not yet. Now I'm ready for it. I just uh, I'm never as open to it as I think I should be. Mm. But um, but yeah. I don't know, Pete. What do you read? I've been reading a lot lately. Well, the scripture, 
like Laura was saying, and I tried picking up Confessions by St. Augustine, and it is tough to read. Um, I Yeah, I probably got in like 20 pages, and I put it down. Um, that is some deep stuff. But Thomas Merton, mm-hmm. Seven Story Mountain, is a fantastic book. I've read that. I, I'm interested in stories of conversion or even contemporary stories. There's a great book. Uh, for the life of me, I cannot remember the author. It's called An Immovable Feast. And it's about this guy coming back into the church and finding his way. And another book called Swimming with Scapulars, which is about <laughs> the um, Matthew Lacona. It's about a 20-year-old book. And it's just beautiful. That kind of reading about the, those lives, contemporary lives, but also just I, I read so much. I'm trying to think like there's another book I just picked up called uh, The Shadow of His Wings by this priest. Oh, father, that's awesome. Goldman. Yeah. yeah. So I read it years ago and I, I seem to say I don't remember a lot of it. So I'm going to try to read it again. It's like but an I action try. adventure conversion yeah, story or testimony. Like, <laughs> or something even, you know, yeah. in the movies uh, like Lori or Donna or Mike. I don't know if any of you have seen For Greater Glory about the Christiana. Oh, of course, yeah. Just those types of stories are powerful. The witness in... The, the story of Mexico. Yes. For great yes. Glory. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And just th- those... I'm just drawn to those stories and... Yeah, and, and Laurie, it's funny you were talking about Lectio Divina because that's something I've tried to do. I just picked up from your... Actually, Laurie, during uh, Pentecost weekend, you had a booth at the... Berlin Mart. Yes. And I found a great book there called Praying with John Paul II. Oh, good. And I started it this week. And the first chapter is all about finding your interior prayer life. Mm. And in it, it mentions Lectio Divina. Beautiful. Like John Paul to put yourself into that moment, put yourself into that scene on the boat. Um, Donna, you had, I was thinking of the convocation where you talked about, you know, you close your eyes and picture yourself on the boat. Mm-hmm. I think about that, you know, like Jesus is just sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's today's gospel. What? It's yeah. today's gospel. It's in today's gospel. <laughs> oh yes. my gosh. It's all... I read it this morning. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. that's the, uh, that's also uh, Ignatian is to do the imaginative prayer. It's not mm-hmm. just him, right? Yes. So it's been going on for centuries, but it's to really physically place yourself in the scripture passage and be there. What do you see? What do you hear? Maybe what do you taste? What do you feel? So the whole like being on that boat. Mm-hmm. Now there's a, um, there's a great book. Lori, maybe you've heard of it. It's called The Better Part. It's written mm-hmm. by a father, John Bartunic, and it's meditations to go with the gospel every day. Oh, wow. uh, and it's funny because in the meditation, it might have been for the yesterday, not today's, where he references St. Therese of Lisieux. And so her aim was never to wake Jesus in the storm, just to sit near him. Mm-hmm. Because if you're with him, it doesn't matter. You're it sick. will be fine. Yes. So the way the apostles were like waking him up because they were terrified, she approached that in all the storms of her life is like, okay, I'm in the boat, but I'm sitting right next to him. Right. So I need fear nothing. I don't she even wanted, need to wake him. She wanted him. to let him sleep. <laughs> let him sleep and he'll take care of everything yes. even while he's asleep. So it was a great little thing in, in the book that I read yesterday or this morning. I can't remember which. You know, Daily Scripture, Mike. They have those things you can read every day? You should take that. Oh, yeah. my God. Daily you meditation. Know, that is, you know, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, that the thing that I've always wanted to try and be good at is doing the divine office. And it's the thing that I, every Lent, fail at daily. 
Um, and I don't you gotta know if, find friends that'll pray with you. It's easier to do with other people. You know what's even harder than <laughs> it's me finding friends. It's oh, very difficult for me to find friends. But um, no, you know, it's 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 it has nothing to do with. I mean, friends would be great. Sure, I, I definitely agree with that. But um, but I I do. It's an element of my. It's a personality flaw of mm-hmm. mine, and I and I, it it takes it covers two very important areas of my life that I fail at terribly. One is. I don't spend 15 minutes a day, which I should. There's no reason why I couldn't fire up the iBrievery app and read for 15 minutes at the start of my morning while I'm, my son's still asleep in bed and my wife is taking her shower and I'm sitting on the recliner after having just fed the dog, waiting for the dog to come in from the outside where I couldn't just read the bravery. But no, I read Twitter instead because I'm an idiot. Um, and then, and then that other area where it's a, where it's a personality flaw is that I, I should have that same commitment to my health. I mean, it was kind of nice, you know, being away at Cub Scout or Boy Scout camp, Scout camp. And, um, you know, I did my 12 miles a day because mm-hmm. I had to drive, I had to walk everywhere. And, and I realized I cannot figure out a way to replicate that on my daily life. Um, I mean, I can, I could ride my bike for 45 minutes a day, probably my, you know, around town and stuff like that. But I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've never been committed to doing, I love people who can do that. I really do. I'm, I'm blown away by people who can do that. The problem with my personality, whatever success I have in my life is the fact that I'm good with, crisis situations you know i can handle stuff on the fly and in case of emergency break glass yeah i'm that guy um when it's actually doing something in a regimented format ah, man i'm terrible at it i really and i and the worst part is is even at my the ripe old age of 47 i haven't quite figured out how to do it because it's like it's almost like an addiction um in the sense that you know how i would say i have a food addiction other people have addictions to cigarettes you know, drugs, sex, all sorts of different things. It's kind of like a reverse addiction. I have a refusal to <laughs> to regiment my life so that I can focus more on the things I'd like to focus on. Um, I seem to do a great job of watching Netflix and an outstanding job of reading social media. And, you know, I'm good at my job in general. Like, I throw myself into things. I, I spent four hours last night updating my... Knights of Columbus Council's website. I was thrilled to do that. <laughs> but when it comes to personal fulfillment and and personal betterment, man, I am the worst. And I, I realize Americans are particularly terrible at this, which is why, you know, the greatest industry to be in is in the self-help industry where you can write a book that people will read and then no, nobody will follow. Um, I, uh, I, am, I am right in that, except I won't read the book. But I'm, I'm right in that. But I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, how do you, both of you, how do you make yourself do this? Here's stuff? what helps me. I don't know if this would be helpful for you. So I'm pretty bad about exercising and that kind of thing too. Um, but if I have a reason to, like, if I find a spiritual reason, like I'm going to do this for, I don't know, vocations to the priesthood. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this for my nephews who are away from the church. Then it's like, okay, now I'm motivated because I'm not just doing it for me. Now okay. there's some greater spiritual purpose. So maybe you know, for your mm-hmm. son, for your wife, for your family, for for the diocese of Camden. Like, I, I already give all those people my life anyway. I need, to, I need other people to care for. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe it'll be for, uh, what do they always say? Uh, the dead and dying in Africa. Maybe I'll start oh, doing it for them. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's you can pick those. You could do it for the poor souls in purgatory. Hey, there you Ooh, go. Oh, the baby's in, uh, the baby's in, uh, what's that place called? 
Oh. But, so, but the flight that doesn't exist they're, anymore. They're not in limbo. Yeah, the baby's they're in limbo. They're not in limbo. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I saw a great meme. So now I'm, it's like a, it's a Mike Walsh meme uh, on social media, because I'm there too, um, is that it's a, of a person and he's talking to God and he's saying, you know what, God, I would have prayed more, but I, if I was a little less busy... And, and there's God throwing every icon of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter because that's where the soul spent more of his time yeah. is in social media. Yeah. You know, so really I think it requires a commitment because I love the liturgy of the hours. I love the divine office. So mm-hmm. any chance I get to go on retreat into like a monastic retreat house, I just I will get up at like four in the morning and go pray with the sisters or the the priests. I just love it because they chant it, mm-hmm. and it's just it's gorgeous. And I love that. When you're doing it by yourself, it's not nearly as pretty. Um, so that was what I I thought I'll do for Lent, right? I'll start with and just out of the Magnificat, right? Because it does morning prayer and evening prayer and. We were getting ready for the convocation. I failed miserably in my Lenten commitment. But after the convocation, I thought, okay, it's still Lent. So I started then. And I have maintained the habit now. I know we're just into July, but I liked. And sometimes you just have to get up earlier, mm-hmm. right? You got to get up earlier. If I want to read the morning prayer and I want to read the scripture for the day, and then I want to read this, these meditations from the better part, I'm up to nearly an hour. Wow. in the morning of trying wow. to because if I start my day that way it's bound to go a lot better than if it's I started true. it with Facebook and Instagram you know and all of those kinds of things so I try to get it depends what the day holds too some days you get out the house and you're like I don't have an hour and I'm not getting up at 4 30 to do it you know but on most days I can navigate there now would you would you if on a day like that where you were up and out, right? Yeah. Would you like listen to a recording, like a podcast recording, oh, yeah. uh, in, yeah. in lieu of Prayer? reading it, reading it yourself? Sure. And would because you some days that? don't just I just don't have the time to sit in front of a book, mm-hmm. so I would listen to podcasts. Like I listen to these. I listen to Abiding Together, which is a great and holy podcast. Um, Sister Miriam James, if you've ever heard of her, with her friends Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger fantastic podcast every week they just went on summer break but i think they've been doing them for a number of seasons like i thought over the summer i'm going to go way back number of ser- of seasons ago and start with their their first one so i'll be ready when they start i guess in september they'll start again but there's really a lot of good spiritual content that you can listen while you drive yeah or there's you know a lot of the books that we like to read because really, honestly, I have to admit to my age now, I can read like four paragraphs as I go to bed and I'm done. Mm. I used to be able to not be able to put a book down. Mm. Now a book is putting me down because I'm just <laughs> older and tired. Um, but there's a lot of great content either through audiobook or podcast. It just will feed your soul. And what did Mother Teresa say? I just learned this from um, Father O'Leary at Our Lady of the Angels. I was with them last week. And Father O'Leary said, Mother Teresa, now he spent some time with Mother Teresa. You have to pray three hours a day. But she's not like you got to get up in the morning and pray from three to six. Throughout your day mm-hmm. is prayer. Throughout well, your day, I'm but looking your at day, my watch, trying to figure three out three hours. hours. You do. Do I? You do. You sure? You do. Yeah. Does that include Netflix time? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, you say I have to pray in lieu of Netflix. Something right. has no. to go. Something has to Fine. <laughs> to find a way to weave it in. You know, throughout the course of a day. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I absolutely agree with that, and yeah, you know, I will. Like I was home on Saturday recovering from from Scout Week, and uh, I actually did something I never do. I took a nap for about twenty minutes, and but prior to that, I was actually sitting there going, "I have nothing to do right now. 
I should, and I felt kind of lazy for not doing anything because I'm always on the go. I'm always doing something, but um, but yeah, I had. You're absolutely right. So if somehow I have to figure out how to make it happen. Yeah, and that's what they say about it, right? And and that's the thing, I think too, is a lot of people are not familiar with or how to accomplish the interior prayer life. A lot of us know vocal prayer, can do our rosaries and our fathers and novenas and things, but we don't think about what that interior prayer life is it's time between you and god right pete right so it's that now see that is something i do though that is something are you chatting with god i do i do then you're praying mike nine times out of ten i'm it's no one can see me on this podcast but i'm laying on the floor now just so you know what because i said that i do internal prayer Uh i do i think i'm even because i well as we stated earlier i can't recite a prayer but i do like in moments and I try not to just make it moments where I need God. I try to make it moments also where I'm thanking God mm-hmm. um, or when I'm thinking about other people who might need God. Um, but uh, I actually had a moment like that while I was away. And um, I love that. But I've, I've often wondered, is that, I don't know, is that selfish praying? Is that, is that I don't know. I've, I don't know. Sometimes it feels strange. Like, I don't know. I can't. I can't describe it. Like I have because I have because I don't pray formal prayers. I often wonder: Am I? Is it a shortcut that I'm doing the internal prayer and just hoping for the best, like throwing it at the wall? Maybe God will listen. I don't know. I really don't know. Oh my God! Now God's about spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I think we can all say God is about spaghetti because spaghetti is delicious, and it would have to have been a, a, you know, touched by God. Divine inspiration. Exactly. I I would hope God would be about ziti. Or penne. <laughs> or Those are even better. Penne God's pasta choices. Especially. You're saying yes. he prefers the tubular uh, pasta to the flat pasta? Yes. I would think, yeah, because he's totally tubular. Wow. I... You know, we don't have a lot of those moments on the podcast anymore, but that was nice to you to bring back a Sanchez right there. That was nice. <laughs> I like that. I God just, is totally I, you know, tubular. it's funny because you, tubular, the first time I heard that was like the Ninja Turtles, like Cowabunga, totally tubular. Mm-hmm. And then like you were saying it in terms of pasta, and I'm like, what? Like somebody mentioned, years ago, somebody mentioned pasta as tubular, and I'm like, wait, what? And then think about it. Oh, because it's like... Well, how, would you, how else would you refer to a pasta that's cylindrically shaped you're right no i mean tubular i guess i if i'd heard that in the context of pasta first whenever i hear the word tubular i think of like a surfer dude well i realize this is one of our patented tangents but now i'm actually curious how would you have described zd no if you I didn't say if you could say the word ZD. no no i'm asking you like what would your what would your description have been otherwise I can't think of anything, but I'm just saying that when I hear the word tubular, I identify first with that Ninja Turtle surfer cowabunga culture and then pasta. Okay. Or maybe for some people, when they hear tubular, they, Lori, what do you think? Have you? Oh, I'm with you, Pete. I grew up with the Ninja Turtles. So. <laughs> yes. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Michelangelo. Michelangelo. No, yeah. now, has it changed over the years, Lori? I haven't really watched lately, Pete. Really? No, because mine used to be Michelangelo. Michelangelo was a fun-loving, the orange, you know, he yeah, had orange bandana. Orange is my favorite color. That's why I liked him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Well, that, no, but lately it's been Raphael. Raphael, yeah. I think Mike is like the Raphael of this group. 
Because he's it, totally like sarcastic. It, Don and I are looking at each other because neither one of us have on ever watched Ninja Turtles. And oh my gosh. You can you can roll that stuff out. And I'll be like, I don't know. Whatever. I like the fact no, that they I eat pizza. I know I know that. Right. Okay. And they were named after artists. Exactly. Yeah. Also. yeah. I loved it. Like that was a part of my life. And there was a reporter in it. There was, wasn't it? Yeah. April, yes. April O'Neil. Aaron O'Neill, right. April. April O'Neill. Right. And then Splinter, you had the uh, the the uh, the giant uh, rat. The good versus evil. The battle. Hey, Shredder. Hey, yeah. Donna, has this conversation gone in a direction you ever <laughs> anticipated it going? Uh, no, I, w- no, I wouldn't okay. have anticipated we would have gotten from tubular god to Ninja Turtles. No, <laughs> I would not have thought we got here. But it's fun. Yeah, it is. That's very good. It's just so getting to... By the what? way, just to go back to our original premise... Okay. God's favorite pasta would be, um, oh, I just had it and it left my brain. Rigatoni. It'd be rigatoni. Rigatoni, really? Well, because uh, it has the most uh, nuance to it because it's got the ridges mm. in it. So it's the most layered of all the pastas. I think that is the most godlike of the pasta. It's very it, filling. It's too. very it's filling, very but it also hard. captures yeah. the coating. And it, if you if you make it as part of like a carbonara, it will bring in like you'll get some of the pancetta on it because it, it holds it all together. So I would say, or maybe, or maybe if we were to be a little more specific, maybe that's the Holy Spirit of the pastas because it sort of attacks, attracts, and touches everything. Or maybe we're like the rigatoni, and the ridges hold all the graces He gives us. Oh, like it. Yeah, but that would also mean that the ridges could also hold uh, things from the devil. And that's true. And we have to fight those. Yeah. We have to oh. repel those. Maybe the devil's pancetta. <laughs> oh just, no it could never be no, no, no. pancetta we, is a gift from god <laughs> we just came up with the theology of pasta oh, that is so cool we need to write these the down worst, the worst part them. is that is going to make the podcast notes I can already tell the theology mm-hmm. of pasta theology of pasta reference in it that right is so no well, well getting back to you know you were asking about tubular mic I think I don't think I did no, yeah, how did we get onto this? Because I refer about... to the t- pasta as tubular. But why were you talking about pasta? About spaghetti on the wall or something. You were throwing she's... Throwing oh, making it stick. Oh, it's not as And fault. I said God became like it's pasta. It's like pasta. pasta. Yeah. Yeah. But, stick, okay. But getting back to you were talking about the prayer Don't life. Don't try to break you're... down the digression. It just, uh, okay. it just exists on its it own. Happens. I try to understand. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good. That's a good try, Lori. I do, okay. I do. Um, what, getting us back on topic? Yeah. About we didn't have a topic. Exactly. This whole thing's been a digression. Um... So going, circling back, spiraling back to your spiraling, posting back to your I got it. prayer question. The I think honestly, even the thoughts like I, I know I know I'm too hard on myself sometimes to really pray uh, a formal prayer. But I think even those moments where if I'm going for a walk or I'm at my desk. I think about God, and I'm like, you know, God, what do you want me to do now? You know, teach me to do the next thing. Like, I think even those moments where you're thinking about them are good. I mean, don't we shouldn't put too much pressure on ourselves to really... I don't know. I can't... I can't... I don't have the mind of God, so I don't know what really works for him. But, well, I think he, but that's where I go back to the Merton prayer, and like, God, I really hope what I'm doing is right for you, as I paraphrase and butcher the Merton prayer. I think, Mike, I think that... But that's perfect with Merton because he talks about, you know, I don't know, Lord God, that I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I hope that because I'm trying to do what mm-hmm. I think you want me to do, even A for effort, Mike. I yeah, think I think that God. makes Merton happy. I'm just assuming that God's okay with it because God might be up there going, no, no, man, I, I laid it all oh. out for you. I've sent people, I've sent you prophets and stuff like that. Just do what I told you to do. Stop trying to, you know, refigure it out, rejigger it. I got, you got it, man. 
I gave you ten commandments. They just follow those. I sent my son. I gave you two more, or he narrowed it to two. Come on, you got it. Love your neighbor as your na- as yourself. Love your God. Something else. I forget what he said. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't even remember the biblical passage. But God first, neighbor. God first, yeah. neighbor second. Mm-hmm. Right. And remember, if you hate yourself, you still have to love other people. Remember joy, Jesus, oh. others, then you. Yeah. Is that written somewhere? That I was but supposed you to read? love yourself too, Mike. Oh, I love myself. Don't Child worry about that. Child of God. Big fan you of me. Oh, okay. You've heard me speak. I like me <laughs> a whole lot. I like me a whole lot. That's good. <laughs> it's a small fan club, but it makes me happy. The uh, anyway, I think we've uh, probably digressed more than enough, and you two have to record an, another award-winning podcast. That's soon. right. So yeah, we got to. The four of us need to stop chatting. Hey Donna, other than uh, five holy hours coming down the road, anything else you'd like the the good people of the diocese of Camden to know about that's coming convocation-wise? Well, I think if we post-convocation-wise, if we look at some of the things that have happened, right? Lori's been part of these discussions too. It, looking at some of the big topics now that have come up, that um, the leadership teams and the parishes really looking at there's three really big ones for right now one is youth youth and youth right that was a very big topic so greg coogan who heads up the office for youth young adult and campus ministry he just um got on a a call with a whole bunch of delegates from across the diocese just this past week to really kind of help them think about what do you do if you if you're planning to hire a youth minister uh, but really, the the point he makes is it takes an entire parish to engage its young people. N- no one should think if you're sitting in a parish and you hire a youth minister to think, oh, okay, youth are all taken care of. We have a youth minister, right? Am I right about this, Lori, mm-hmm. right? So it takes an entire parish to engage its young people. They need mentors. They need role models. They need people to engage with them. You need to be the community to them, right? But Greg is the one with the expertise. So I was like, okay, this is not mine. So we connected. A lot of delegates from across the, the diocese with them. The second, um, which we just pulled the team together from the, across the diocese, is really parishes want to create this, this sense of belonging and welcoming through hospitality, right? But belonging is kind of the umbrella. Hospitality is one of the, the arms underneath of it. There's a lot of ways to do that. So instead of 62 different parishes working on hospitality, we've created a sub-team of delegates from across the diocese. There's about 15 or 18 people. And we're about to kick off that work to create a comprehensive template for what a hospitality ministry should be to create that real sense of belonging. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna build that and then put it out to all 62 parishes, and then you take what you need from it. Instead of 62 different teams building 62 mm-hmm. versions, um, and then the third one is there's lots of discussion. Uh, just go back to that last yeah. one. Will, will, will the parishes be able to like tweak it for their own purposes? Absolutely. So it'll yep. be. Uh, so it's more yeah. like an outline of something they can follow. Yeah, we wanted to build. We want to build something comprehensive, so all the elements of hospitality yeah. are there. And then when the parish takes that template into their parish community, they'll be like, okay, these things will work for us. We can do these. These not so much, right? So it isn't that 62 parishes now have to roll this out. It was never intended to be that way. Yeah. You'll take what you need. Yeah. But there will be a core group from across the diocese who will build it and then give it back out instead of 62 teams working on 62 versions. Yeah. We want to build the most robust one possible. Okay. And then the third round of work is parishes are very interested in surveying their parishioners. Uh, so we want to take a look at that. There's uh, in two ways. One is, first of all, why do you want to survey your parishioners? Um, and, and that's one of the key objectives is why? Because what comes back? Are you willing to take action on it or not? That's and if you're not, thing, yeah. 
then you ought not to be surveying. That would be the first thing. Right? I don't know if I'd agree with that. Even if they don't, even if they refuse to accept the, re- the results of the survey, as we have just recently seen, priests move around. Yeah. So I think having that survey in their back pocket would still be a good thing to do, even if they weren't going to follow it. It's not a waste. I don't think I wouldn't consider it a waste of time because all data is good, even if they don't use it properly. Well, but I think your community just needs to be managed around that. We want to kind of see what you're feeling. Like a lot of parishes post-convocation have done these listening sessions. Yeah. They've invited, you know, larger groups of the parish in to say, like, what do you need from us? Like, what in what way can we be more vibrant? What services do you need? So they've done that. But for the parishes that want to do surveys, we want to explore what currently exists mm-hmm. that's out there um, and decide or inform parishes going, okay, here's these three surveys. We think they're fairly comprehensive. This is what it would cost. Or do we build one? Do we build our own robust survey? And again, parishes can take the pieces that maybe they put the survey out in waves because they're ready to deal with certain things. Actually, don't know yet. I mean, we it's just could, starting. We could do that ourselves, create it, and make it available to them. I mean, we're we're getting into internal baseball right now but that would be doable we could do that right the and that's what we want that. to assess so this team of like 15 that's working <clears throat> on the surveys you know we'll get up into subgroups and people will go explore the i think it's called the care survey or cara mm-hmm. survey that organization there's disciple maker index there's a couple of them out there so we want to look at those and see what they would give to us if we actually use them and how much it would cost us to do it. Yeah, the question is, is their goal, really the question is, is their goal to compare their parish to other parishes around the country? Or is their goal to to use a survey that would maybe bring to light things that they did not know were to light, which I suspect is really what they want. Right. And yeah. I think that's what they want to know, too. So if you're looking at... What do we mean by missionary disciple, right? So if you're a disciple, you're a follower of Jesus, right? You follow the rabbi, the teacher. But if you're a missionary disciple, which is what baptism brings you to, it means you're forming other disciples. So there are some of our own Catholics sitting in the pews that are not missionary disciples, right? They need a deeper encounter with Jesus to think about living that part of their mission. But there are lots of people living inside of a parish boundary that need an encounter, Mm -hmm. that need to be accompanied, that need a community. How do we reach them? So this is a whole movement across the diocese to move us off our church campus and into our own communities. There, the survey may be helpful, but if we're going to survey inside our church and those who are already on the rolls, how does that help us look outward? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things we want to solve for and sort of build this algorithm for a parish to think through before they go ahead and do a survey. And then when you're ready, that you have the right one or you have some choices to do the right thing. Yeah. All right. I was no, no. I'm sitting here going. You have ideas? No. Well, I'm. You should join my team, Mike. No, no, no. (laughs) The uh, your team works too hard. The um, the no. I was actually just sitting here thinking, uh, Donna really needs her own podcast, or we need a Donna and Lori podcast, one or the other. Oh, we could do that. I would be. be I'm actually sitting here thinking that would be. We'd actually make money on that podcast because I think people would definitely. Tune in. Yeah, I get advertisers for that. Seriously, you two probably should have a conversation about that because you're really good at it. Because we both have so much free time that we need to <laughs> Well, <laughs> actually, so think about it this way. Go, this goes back to our original conversation of how we utilize our time and what's important in mm-hmm. the world. And if there's one thing that we can all acknowledge is there are not a lot of people who have, there are no one like you two individually, and certainly no one like you two as a pair. Um, don't you think the people, not only the Camden Diocese, but Catholics around the area, you know, regionally, maybe nationally, or all English-speaking Catholics would want to hear your perspectives? I mean, I, you know, I think that's 
I think that's really important. And honestly, we don't have a lot of female, like, like I do follow like a lot of Catholic podcasts and most of them are not female voices. They're dudes. And I'm done with listening to, I mean, most of my podcasts I'm already listening to are dudes. I don't want to hear from dudes anymore. I barely want, I mean, I, you know, I joke around a lot about getting rid of Pete and replacing him with somebody else. But the truth of the matter is one of the great regrets I have about our podcast is that it's two guys. I really wish it was, I mean, it could be a third person, make it a a female voice, but I really think that there's a benefit to hearing two perspectives. And I think, I think the male perspective and the female perspective using broad strokes really is important. And I don't think we hear enough of the female perspective ever, particularly when it comes to Catholicism. That's what's made the two of you such two of our favorite guests on the podcast is you're, you're always great. So screw our podcast, make your own. Well, I'm honored to be in the same company as Lori Power. So. The award-winning Lori Power. Oh, yes, the award-winning Lori Power. Likewise. <laughs> yes. But I like being with Pete, too, though. It's been fun to be in the vault here with Pete. Thank you, Don. Mike, not so much. You? Pete, for sure. Yes. Don, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> Somebody gives it back surprise. to Mike. That makes me feel... Thanks, Donna. Oh, I got news for you. This is my preferred conversation spe- uh, pace. When I when people are nice to me, it's very uncomfortable. Oh. He doesn't but, like it. It's why I can't... Here's why I can't pray out loud. He can't uh-huh. freely let the Holy Spirit blow through and ask the Holy Spirit to come and give us a massive indwelling while we're sitting here in the vault. I can't, so mostly because having... I would never use the phrase indwelling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, swirling around. There you go. Does that, 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 that work talking. better for you? Can I, can I share one thing? So I want to talk about being at St. Peter and Paul on Saturday just briefly, where the oh, altar was consecrated. Yeah. Okay, now listen. Before you tell the story, it's so great. Okay, before you tell the story, yes, where you you had never seen an altar being consecrated before, right? So mostly you were blown away by the process. Process just doesn't feel right to me. Okay, the the experience. You were were impressed by the experience. I was impressed to be to be witness to the consecration of an altar where consecration actually happens for Holy Mass, Mm -hmm. and and to watch the reverence that everyone took in the service. But to Bishop, right, Bishop Sullivan, uh, the way that he blessed it with the holy, the holy water, and then the way that he rubbed the chrism into the altar surface, and just all of the transcendence of it, mm-hmm. because we know what that table is used for after. We started the Mass in the dark, you know, and he blessed it with holy water. He rubbed, and that was a beautiful, it was just beautiful to watch him. He moved all around the altar service, and he's rubbing the chrism into there, and then the burning of the incense. It was a beautiful, beautiful liturgy. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen it. I'm I'm 50-something, and I've never seen an altar consecrated, and I likely will not see one again. Mm-hmm. So it, it is was rare. beautiful. Yeah, it is Really rare. just a beautiful, beautiful event. I, I saw your social media post on it, and I was, and you were waxing eloquent about it. And, uh, and I, I have seen one. I actually was trying to remember whose I saw, but I did see a, a altar being consecrated, and it is impressive. And it's yeah. even doubly impressive to see Bishop Sullivan do it. Yeah. You let that man around oil. And he's like a masseuse. He's like, like the confirmations. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I mean, he it's those heads shake as he's putting it in there. I and mean, he's the same way with the with the with the altar. He, yeah. he really rubs it in. It was beautiful. You know, he's he he's a um, he's I I love our bishop. I get to spend a lot of time with him, and he's a unique person in general. But you know, I often think of him as this New Yorker, right? So he's kind of rough and you know, tough guy, stuff like that. But when he gets in these moments of, of an opportunity to, to really do something that his office can only do, 
and you get these moments where his spirituality comes comes out, particularly in a um, in a that's the word I'm looking for in a. I want to say dogmatic, but that's not really what I meant. But but in an element like this, like a like a, a unique situation, like blessing an altar, and man, he really throws himself into it. He oh. and it's impressive. It's impressive to watch because it actually was on the feast of Saints Peter and Paul wow. at Saints Peter and Paul. You know, wow. and he gave the homily. What are the chances of that happening? It's just. <laughs> I think, I think they, they probably planned it. Planned it. <laughs> yeah, That's, hence my lack of impress, being impressed by it. But yeah. um, the no, it's, yeah, no, I, I'm totally right with you. Now, if they had a relic of Peter or Paul for the that altar, been that would have yes. been truly impressive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. No, we'll get feedback now from those prisoners. Like it's in the back, and I'll be like, I would have no idea. You there know, probably is one. It was the, really beautiful. Now, Lori, really what about you? Anything coming down the pike that you would like the people to be aware of? Let's aside see, from we're your... going back to the Berlin Farmers Market at the end of July. If anyone wants to come visit, you know, that come help us. I was impressed. <laughs> we put that up on social media. I guess Pete did for the Star Herald. Man, mm-hmm. so many people went nuts over that. That was great. Oh, just... How was it being at the the what's the word I'm looking for? Elitist. Uh, Berlin Farmer's Market. The elitist Berlin Market? Really? No. Because <laughs> we saw a little bit of everybody yeah, there. Yeah, you I did. <laughs> I used to, when I was in a teenager, we used to go to the Berlin Farmer's Market all the time. I love that place. Yes. It was very real. We saw a little bit of everybody. It is, it is very authentic. <laughs> so we had Catholics come up to us. We had, I met a couple delegates that came oh, yeah. up and said, oh, well, like we could do this. I was like, yeah, you could. It's very easy. Go out to your local, you know, event mm-hmm. like this. Um, There's nothing else in South Jersey like the Berlin farmers market. Maybe the Cowtown Rodeo. There you go. (laughs) I love Cowtown Rodeo. But yeah, so we met Catholics. We met non-Catholics, people who are not believers. Everybody loves free stuff, so that will bring them over. Or prayer. So if we say, oh, we'll pray for you. Come on over. You can write your intentions down. Everybody needs prayer. Wow, that's right. We did have a family that came Saturday, and Father Man, our pastor, happened to be there and talked to them, and then they came to Mass the next day. So really? we're like, praise the Lord. It was worth Absolutely. being here all weekend. That <laughs> is to awesome. have one family come wonderful. back. So that is I loved watching what Lori and her parish did by being like out and out in a secular environment yes. and being present. A lot of us do things on our church campuses. So I, uh, so looking at what Lori did, but also knowing what Brenda Quinn did. So Brenda and Lori and I had a collaborative lunch last week, right? Building relationships, trying to see all the things we can do you know, across the diocese. Brenda does a really great thing too. She And I don't know if you're in her Bible study group. I've not done that yet, no. Bible study group. So a lot of people do Bible study on church campus or they do it in someone's home. Brenda does it in a restaurant, right? There's like four people that. with their Bibles and they're eating food and they're, that their Bible's there. And so it engages people. People have walked up to them and said, are you in a Bible study group here? You know, like you're in Panera or wherever that is. Like it's a way to be physically present as Christians Mm -hmm. in the world. And I just love that. And that's really what more and more of us need to think about doing. Like praying grace in public. Like three years ago, my husband said, you know, we say grace at home. We should really be saying it when we eat out. And I was thinking, I inwardly cringed. I actually probably outwardly cringed. I went, really? He's like, well, if we're doing it at home when we eat, why are we not doing it when we're out? I'm like... Because I don't want anybody looking at me, making the sign of the cross, and praying over my food. Baseball players do it every time they hit a home uh, run. Yeah, I know. That's not the same. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe it is. But know, it was hard. But now we do it all the time. And now we're out with friends, and we're like, pray grace. And they're like, you see some of them. They're like, okay. Some of them are used to it. <laughs> that's right. And then the ones that haven't eaten out with us in a while, they're like, 
Um, sure. As long as you're not those people that all hold hands while no, they're No, we don't praying. do that. All right. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, it's a little grace over the food. <laughs> yeah, that's you fine. know, and at the end of it, you're praying for the people that don't have enough today. Would you do that at McDonald's too? Not yeah. that you're eating McDonald's. But. Yeah. Well, no, I would be in the Chick-fil-A, of course. Of course. <laughs> there there you go. Of course. My guilty pleasure <laughs> is the to pray in the Chick-fil-A. Exactly. <laughs> you bet. Number one fast food in the world. Absolutely. Oh, Amen to that. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. Um, Peter, uh, our, we're going to try and make it down, finally make it down to the shore for a couple of uh, uh, podcasts. So hopefully, actually, they'll be in diners and we'll maybe invite the public out to stop by. Uh, but you know what? Keep an eye on everybody's stuff. Uh, you know, look at look after what's going on at Catholic Star Herald and uh, all of our Talking Catholic um, social media, as well as a came to diocese social media as well as the star herald social media and um if you really 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 want to hate want us to create a donna centric or donna and Lori podcast or leaving a Lori centric po- podcast um let us know in the comments section because we always love hearing from you guys and uh that's it so uh thank you very much for uh joining us today and thank you in particular donna laurie and pete for coming into the vault and we will chat with everybody next week happy july 4th everyone <laughs> <laughs>